0: For the most anticipated Reddit AMA of all time—it's the Seahawks Nest Podcast. H- have you guys heard about this? Did you hear who is doing a Reddit Ask Me Anything?
1: No. Have you guys heard about this? Did anyone tell you about this? Have you heard about this?
0: <laughs> you guys ready? Please, Jay Lenoless. You guys ready? <laughs> go, ready. Ryan Nathan. Leaf.
1: I did oh. hear about this.
0: So okay, so you already knew. Why did you act like a uh, like
1: you? I didn't know that this was the one you... It, yes, Kevin, it's the only AMA happening well, on No, but like, it's the Kevin only thought it was going to be an it. interesting one. Well, it, it's arguable whether or not the Ryan Leaf one is football-related. It could also be on, like, R-Meth.
0: Yeah, it's going to be... Um, dr- I'm going to guess it's going to be heavily drugs-related. R-Oops.
1: Yeah. r life did you guys, choices
2: Did you guys watch the E60 with Ryan Leaf? No. It was, it was good enough. It was basically... <laughs> <laughs> that He's,
1: summarizes him as a college quarterback. Too, no, it, it's, it's
2: good enough. It basically goes into his entire career and when it started to fall apart, how he was a terrible person, how he got kind of clean and then was more of a terrible person. Repeat that four times. And now he is a speaker who speaks about. Don't be terrible like me.
0: Yeah, I know, but he he turned out all right, you know. Like, in if the he stays end, clean, there was there was like some uh, some peaks and valleys, you know, where he coached high school football and stole painkillers. Yep. Yes. But you know, that's it's just a, it's going to be interesting. I'm. I'm. A, or
1: when he coached college football and stole painkillers, or when he played in the NFL and stole painkillers. I'm nervous.
0: To, it, well, America has opioid problems, so I'm sure that from that perspective, I think it's interesting. You know, Ryan, like
1: you heard it here, folks. Ryan Leaf is America. Oh. Uh, America, I'm sorry, Ex- America. Ex Seahawks quarterback Lee. All
0: right, so let's uh, dig right in. We've had um, just a, a a flying week in Seahawks news. Let's start with the the biggest actual news story. Uh, Eddie Lacy. Eddie Lacy made weight again. Cool.
1: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> he's not. He's not completely worthless. It's not fake news, but it's not real news either. Oh, what? He this can read news? his contract and then meet the terms of his contract. Good he, for any wa- you Wanted
0: to cash them checks, baby. Get that yeah, money.
1: But I guess the interesting thing about this, since this is the this wait, is the wait, off wait, season, wait, wait. does that make them fat checks? Ooh. Oh, yeah, they are
0: they are checks that are literally made of his uh, former fat. He was he had to be under two fifty for fifty five thousand bonus. The rumor is that he easily made it. Here's the thing, though. Two forty nine. To make <laughs> this
2: more interesting, and the fact that it's slow slow news season, uh, he does still say he says that he partakes in ice cream when he wants it. He has his treats and uh this is a man who is who is doing it the right way. He's not just cutting weight to make weight and then yeah, no, binging no. at IHOP.
0: A lot of people are saying that he looks like much thinner than the the, you know, intended He looks like, healthier. He looks like a he's he's way under two fifty, people are saying. He's saying he's not gonna be close when it comes to the last Way in it's going to be like he's going to make all of them like he's not they're not. he's not he's under almost all of the goals already remember their goal is to get him down into the 230s or low 240s right high 230s yep. low two forty. so i'm gonna i'm guessing the last way in will be 240 and uh that'll be it so that's uh that's that's the uh thunder part of our combo the other part uh thomas rawls has been killing it in drills everyone says he's number one in otas thomas rawls is, is flying through everything he's first in every drill he's First to everything he wants to win the job back uh do you do you guys agree do you guys think that Thomas Rawls has a realistic chance to win the job back from Eddie Lacey or do you think that this they'll be splitting evenly what what where's your running back split at right now
2: I think it's I think it's realistic that he gets the job back but the
1: split uh like what percent know. okay let's how about this let's i'm still about 60 30 like i was last week Six, yeah. uh 60 least 50 30 60 30 somewhere in there Yeah. with lacy taking the majority
0: i agree i'm i'm at like 60 or 75% lacy and then the rest of the carries will be uh some combination of Rawls and then process process picking up a few i think process is
1: getting out. like 10 15% i
0: don't think process is going to get on the field as a running back as much as he's going to sneak on as a wide receiver and stuff like i think that what they'll do is they'll come out with like ProSize and Rawls in the same package and then line them up on weird parts of the field because they are flexible players like that. Uh or ProSize and uh McKissitch or something you know, something like that. Um
1: The only thing with uh ProSize is ProSize has a second gear that Rawls doesn't. Like ProSize has breakaway speed. Rawls doesn't really have breakaway speed.
0: But he has that de- the thing I like about Rawls' running style, especially for our system, is he makes such a decisive first move. Like he really makes a decision, like, and he makes that decisive first cut, and then he's gone. Like, and he, he can
1: change direction without really slowing down. Yeah, that's he, really, yeah, I, it's one of those like he's a B on speed, but you know, like, he's a B through his cut, and he's a B through the hole. He's like, he's always stably there.
0: All right, uh, I, I don't mean to get us off track, but already, but five minutes in, I'm listening to the podcast um on through my studio monitor headphones, and they're. I'm listening to it before I do any of the post production, and that buzzing noise that used to show up on the podcast when we before I started uh, fixing it in post, man, that is annoying. All right, <laughs> so, so uh, welcome yes, to the off season.
1: The thing that you will not be able to hear by the time it goes up. But if, it, it still exists.
0: But if you hear, if you hear that I went crazy and lost my mind and like killed everyone else on the podcast, that's why it wasn't that they were bad people or that I even disliked them. That buzzing noise just slowly drove me insane until, cause it's just saying, kill, kill, and then back, no, not really. All right. So, uh, another three big news stories is three more players were ranked in NFL rank. All right. So, uh, Earl Thomas was ranked number 30. Uh, oh. Which I think is way too low. I think if you're ranking all, importance of all defensive players in the NFL, Earl Thomas needs to be in the top three. Uh, so for me, Earl is, is way too low. Uh, that being said, he did get injured for half the season, so perhaps that has something to do with, um, where he got ranked. Uh, do you guys, uh, what do you, what do you guys think the penalty comes from? Uh, Do you think it's the injury? Do you think it's the lack of faith? Do people just not respect the safety position enough?
2: So do the people who vote on this, this is just players
0: or players and coaches? Players. It's a players poll. I think players
2: respect Daryl Thomas. I think it's probably just the injury.
0: All right. Uh, Kevin, what are you you thinking?
1: I think the injury has to weigh into it. I also think um, a number of players on the Seahawks get penalized because they're part of an elite unit as opposed to being the person propping up a system.
0: Sure, so like you're saying, a bunch of our guys are getting ranked. Yeah, there's a talent tax happening. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, well, I'm going to put a bunch of these Seahawks guys, but we're not going to separate them out a whole bunch. Because
1: they don't want to have to say, you know, is Bobby really the one that's making it happen, or is Earl, or is Cam? They don't want to commit to that. So they're basically saying, yeah, uh, instead of having one of these guys in the top 10, and the rest of these guys between like 50 and 70, we're going to put all of them at 30
0: all right so uh here's another one uh richard sherman came in at 21 uh which actually seems like a fair number if you take the number but if you start comparing him to other cornerbacks uh, it, it doesn't look so patrick peterson was rated higher than richard sherman and i'm just gonna go out right out and say it here we go patrick peterson is is really overrated on this list like so overrated i do not i'm not afraid of him at all he's not what he used to be. I don't know what happened to him. It's like three years ago, Patrick Peterson, right? Three years ago, Patrick Peterson maybe was a conversation of whether he's as good as Sherman. He's not. And he's all or nothing. Yeah, he's just like, there's just nothing there.
1: He's a big play guy, and I think that might be why he gets on there is because, you know, players watch SportsCenter, and they don't always get a chance to watch a lot of games.
0: Yeah, or they watch the film, and then they watch like the really good play he made, and, and then they watch like a couple bad ones, and they're like, well, that really good play was really good, right?
1: And I guess he has return skills. That's something you have to consider.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I do you think that the players when they vote uh, are looking at the uh the you know the best the out of the return skills of this player?
1: Honestly, if you think about all the players that we know, how many of them just troll it? Hey Amen. Let's let's do Jake Locker first overall. <laughs>
0: I mean, there's like a I think that the, the Cardinals too like I I don't understand why he why he doesn't get the uh why doesn't he get the penalty that that the other Seahawks get? You know, because that defense I feel like is even bet, it's even more of a unit thing than our defense is.
2: Well, I think you're you're asking the question though, that comes down to Richard Sherman again. I mean, Sherman, he makes enemies. He does. He's he's got an attitude, and it it rubs some people the wrong way. It will rub other players the wrong way. It will rub Bruce Arians the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> it will rub uh, refs the wrong way. I mean, you can watch Gene Steratore. Uh, go at it with Richard Sherman and they are, uh, they're not on the same page about things. One and thing
0: maybe it is too is that like, if you watch film of Patrick Peterson, he stacks up the elite receiver sometimes. Like, he just like will take out Juliet, Julio Jones for like five plays in a row and like no one else can really do that. Like, there's just not dudes out there just like being like, yeah, I could take Julio Jones out of five straight plays, but then he'll get beat by guys who have no business beating him. So like, I don't, maybe it's just, it's like there's like a kind of a, he runs hot and cold, it's, and like you said, it's he'll all play nothing. up to his talent. Yeah, and like when he plays up to his talent, he's better. But when he doesn't, because I just see sometimes I watch Patrick Peterson on film, and I'm like, man, this guy is just so beatable. And then you, but then I'll watch him, and I'll be like, man, he just he just covered Julio Jones for like four straight plays in a way that probably is impossible for every other human on earth. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, it's Patrick Peterson. I feel like it's an interesting he's uh, case study. All right, and then last one, Sherman, number twenty-four. Um, not, no, you just said Sherman is twenty. Russell Wilson, number 24.
1: Uh, So the Ringer NFL podcast, a.k.a. uh, the official podcast of the New England Patriots.
0: Yeah, Are you saying like, um, yeah, Patriots cast? Because it's all old Patriots GM who only like loves kissing Belichick's butt.
1: I said, you know, anyone who thinks that Russell Wilson is a top 10 quarterback is a fool. He's not. Uh He's a systems quarterback. What? And proceed to say the same thing about Earl Thomas. Okay, well, if that's Earl true... Earl Thomas is uh, a systems player. He would not survive in uh, every system. Let's
0: start with this. You build systems around players. You build systems around talent. So that's kind of an inane statement. Let's let's use his favorite quarterback, Tom Brady, as an example. No quarterback on earth is worse under pressure than Tom Brady. So what did the Patriots do? They've thrown under in under three seconds for ten consecutive years. They've erased that deficiency from Tom Brady. Uh, that's that. That's just one example of many of where you build the you build the system around the player, not the other way around.
1: Yeah, no uh, one's doing a lot of boot action with Peyton Manning,
0: right? And so that's why Russell Wilson is successful. Saying he's only successful because of the system is ridiculous. You have to have skills to be successful in any system. That's everyone in the league, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, 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 we're not trying to fit square pegs into round holes, so it's it's dumb. And uh, for
1: people who want to discredit him as a drop back passer. First of all, yes, you are wasting him if that's all you're asking him to do. You are removing a potent part of his game. But in addition to that, look at his throwing numbers. They speak for themselves. When he's not injured, he is an elite passer.
0: Okay, so he's the second highest rated passer in NFL history. Let's just start with that. Danger Russ Wilson, our boy, second highest rated passer in NFL history. He... He's, he's fantastically efficient. He is can make all the throws that you ask an NFL football player to make. He gets he gets kind of a rap is not being able to make a deep throw, but his deep ball is, is incredible. Um, we talked about
1: this in the podcast a bunch of times. His yeah, deep, his deep ball percentage in deep, 2013 through 15 was like tops in the NFL. Yeah,
0: He's, he's one of the best deep throws in the league. Uh, Russell Wilson, uh, I really don't have hardly any knocks on him. He, he had a bad season last year, a worse season because he got hurt, even though he was really good. Um, here's two two guys that ranked above him on this list. I'm assuming they get ranked. They haven't revealed the full rankings yet. You ready for this? Yep. Okay. These are the two most egregious guys. Because most of the other quarterbacks, I can see the argument for it. Does that make sense? Every quarterback, is. it's going to be like all quarterbacks once we get to a certain point. Yeah. And there are certain quarterbacks I can say, yeah, I can see the argument for that. Ben Roethlisberger is not better (laughs) than a football player. Not at this point. Yes, but he has
2: 17 Super Bowls and three rapes.
0: You know, we're not... <laughs> <God>. <laughs> sorry. Alleged, not allegedly. Not, not, sorry. not sorry. Alleg- sorry. Allegedly, we're not trying to get sued by Ben. Hashtag NFL that. cares. Uh, then, then the other quarterback that's above him, and this is the one that I just—I um, think that if if you really think this, then you are literally an insane person. Uh, Dak, Dak Prescott <laughs> is going to be ranked higher oh. than Russell Wilson. Well,
1: no, that, well, Dak, Dak Prescott off, clearly not a systems quarterback. If we're going off one year, then sure. Last no. year was a bad. No, Russell go Wilson off year. of last year.
0: Just, just put the stats next to each other for Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott. No, no, no.
2: I'm talking about th- what all what people will count, and that's year, and that's wins, and that I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying that's what people will do, and and uh, that's that's what makes sense to the people who vote on this.
1: If this is players ranking players, I'm disappointed. But I think it's like the coaches poll in college football, you know. They had like their uh, agent fill it out for them, or, or no, like I, a secretary. This no, is, I awesome. think
0: they they because ha- people got weird, pe- weird people got votes. So I think that's what I think they do it. They they got the ballot. They vote for themselves. They vote for their quarterback, and then they fill in like the other eight <laughs> spots based on players they don't like.
2: Some players, I'm sure, vote or for themselves, but
0: I don't know. Like, oh, dude, I'm guarantee you, almost everyone who did this voted for themselves. There's no way they didn't. It's just so that makes sense. Uh, okay,
1: that's that's not surprising. All right,
0: metrics
2: guy, what is? How does that affect the vote?
0: Then I don't know how it affects. I mean, every quarterback makes it about <laughs> like that. Even the even the crappy ones, but that, I just think Dak got really overrated by this uh, process, just because he had a really good rookie season, but he got to play against the best offensive line in the league with the, one of the top five running backs in the league. That's going to overrate anyone. Uh, a little bit if you switch Russell Wilson and Dak Prescott's teams just switch them as the, you traded them only for each other uh, the Seahawks would have been worse and the Cowboys would have been better and anyone who denies that is like literally out of their mind so that's where I'm at um, yeah it's pretty ridiculous correct. all right Pete uh, Carroll says we're gonna extend chance uh camp chancellor of course he uh, does. All right, he says that, are you in favor of a of a long Cam Chancellor extension or do you think the Seahawks drafted 11 safeties so that eventually <laughs> they'd have the opportunity to move on? Oh, we've talked about Cam
2: kind of transitioning to more of a linebacker role. I could see that. Um he's already at that hybrid spot. Um I think I think Pete Carroll will do something very Pete Carroll-y here. I I think that he will extend him, but at the same time I think we're moving to more of a traditional, not traditional two safety, but I see I see. Earl Thomas, as he gets older, will not be able to play the Earl Thomas role that we're used to him playing.
0: And I'm going to take this in a totally different direction, Eric. You ready for this? I'm ready. I don't think we should pay Cam Chancellor much more than like $8 million a year. Uh, and I don't think that he's, he's going to want to find more money in free agency than that. And th- I, the Seahawks need to free up cash somewhere. If we're going to start investing in other parts of our team, like they can't just keep paying everyone. And of the core players, which one do I think which ones do I think we could live without the most? I think Cam has to be like the top guy. And it's kind of depressing to say that because I love Cam Chancellor. He's a fantastic football player and no one brings the pain more than he does. But if the money's not right for the team, uh, then I think at some level you have to just you have to just let go a little bit, you know? And some of these guys are going to leave eventually. We can't just keep the the same core is not going to be together forever. So uh, I hope So do you think he's lying?
2: Let I, me ask you this. All right, Do you think he's he's doing the, the nice thing of like, oh
0: yeah, yeah we're totally going to do that. No, here's what he's doing. He's saying we have every intention of extending Cam Chancellor and in his mind he's thinking at X price okay. or at X level. And if that expectation is not met, then then he's not going to resent him.
1: I think there's a second part to that and that's also at this moment we have every intention of extending him. You know, because depending on what the players that are behind him does, that could change. You're always fighting for your job. And the thing that I keep coming back to, the thing that we keep coming back to as a podcast is Cam Chancellor has a skill set that doesn't age beautifully. And if we're looking at extending him past like an age 32 season, we're looking at diminishing returns. And if it's a contract that doesn't represent that, which it's not going to, you don't make less money on an extension like this, then it's not going to be worthwhile. He's not going to be worth at the end of the contract, but we'd have to pay him to get him to sign it at the beginning.
0: Yeah, that's, that's what I think, too. I think some team's going to come up to him and say, hey, man, we'll give you $12 million over four years. Some
1: team gonna- that needs an identity, needs a name, needs a dude.
0: Yeah, and I don't know if he's worth four years, $48 million, with a bunch of guarantees. Like That just seems like... That seems like a lot of money to That'd be playing. through
1: his age 34 season because it'd be an extension, so it'd be after this season. Because, I mean, is
0: there, isn't there a chance that we can get, like, 90% of Cam Chancellor out of uh, one of these rookie safeties? Like, maybe, uh, how about Delano Hill? Like, I, there's a good chance that we can get 90 or 85% of Cam Chancellor out of Hill into, in a year. and
1: Not to mention the third-round pick that we get for Chancellor.
0: Right, exactly. And we get it, and we get a, we're gonna get a good compensatory pick for him. Yeah, the best one probably. So, yeah, I, I, um, you know, I'm thinking this might be the Camp Chancellor farewell season, and I'm excited because I want him to go out with a Super Bowl ring. And I think we have the, the we have the chips to do it. Alright, yeah. last, uh, last thing, left tackle. More. <laughs> More George Fant stories all week. That's all I see is like Fant looks great. Fant's so muscly. Uh, John Clayton says Fant, Fant is the most improved NFL player he's ever seen. Uh, people, uh, another scout saying that George Fant didn't really even know how to play football last year, uh, which which just <laughs> Not blows news, the tape shows up. Blows my mind, you know, just like how bad he was last year. Every time I think about it.
1: All right, did you see wait?
2: Is this a Starbucks John Clayton?
0: <laughs> <laughs> the guy, the Starbucks across
2: from the. Uh, the V-Mac, John Clayton. Sorry. Yeah, anyway. So
1: did you see what they're saying the offensive line that they're running with is right now?
0: What is it, Kevin? Is, so it, is it my projected offensive line? Or? It is
1: left tackle, George Fant, Mm-hmm. Left guard, Luke Jokel. Mm-hmm. Center, Justin Britt. Okay. Right guard, Mark Lewinsky. Oh, weird. Right tackle, Jermaine Affetti. All right, uh, specifically denoting that Glowinski is apparently more comfortable on the right side. All right, that's where he's used to playing.
0: Uh, interesting. That is interesting because I would have assumed Dabushi would be like the guy to beat at right guard. I
1: would have assumed the same thing, but you
0: know, if Glowinski feels more comfortable there, though, and that and that comfort means like a twenty-point bump in Pro Football Focus rating, uh, then I'm down because then he'll be in the sixties, and that's you know, league Functional. slightly below average being slightly below average is such a step up for this team it's like unbelievable like I cannot stress this enough if all the guys play at like a 60 level it's going to seem like a new offensive line even though objectively they'll still be pretty bad <laughs> like yeah. like that's how bad it was last year I'm I'm really excited for the potential of the line, no matter what combination we end up throwing out there.
1: Well, as it is baseball season, I will create the baseball analogy. If every pitch you throw is a ball, then you're going to just walk in an infinite number of runs. That was our (laughs) offensive line last year. Our offensive line, if you get to slightly below averages, every pitch you throw turns into a grounder. And a grounder, at least, could become an out. If you could just functionally get in the way in a reliable manner, Russell Wilson has shown that if you give him that extra half a second, he's capable of getting rid of the ball. Then it's just a matter of getting him to make that choice every time.
0: All right. You guys ready to switch over to NFL news? Yep. All right. Let's do this. Um- by the way, I'm I'm the I feel like I'm a George fan truther at this point. I'm I I don't, I don't know. exactly how, what you are. I don't know how I feel about this. It's like a <laughs> it's like a bad it's a bad corner to be on. <laughs> so so um Marcus Mariota, he revealed he's never drank in a sip of alcohol. Is this more or less believable than the Tim Tebow I've never had sex before story? Less believable. Less more believable. For me, it's more. Yeah. More, really? Yeah. And think...
2: we got, we are, you guys are on the same page. I am not.
0: Alright, so, uh, for me, it's like, there's no, Tim, Tim Tebow definitely was having, uh,
1: Tim on. Tebow, uh, no, what? he did, he did a bunch of stuff that he didn't consider to be. You know yes. that. He was like, Something politically incorrect I'm about to say and not going to say.
0: Exactly, nice job. What nice save. <laughs> all right, so, so uh, I just think it's unbelievable, and also it just makes me think like Mariota, man, like the team's going out to the club on Friday night. Like they're like, oh, we're all going to hang out. Marcus, you want to go to the club? Marcus going to be like, nah, dog, I'm going to stay home play video games or something. I don't even know.
1: No, no, <sighs> take take his offensive line out, and he's like. I'll be DD this week. And everyone just thinks he's the coolest. Like, that's instant bonding in college. You're like, yeah, I'll be designated driver all the time. Everyone's like, yeah, let's take Marcus out. Everybody liked him. Uh, That's that's just a quality social move.
0: There's University of Oregon stories that have come out now that says, like, Mariota never partied. He was just like, sleep, study, hang out. Is Marcus Mariota Tim Tebow without all the annoying?
1: (laughs) No, uh, Marcus Mariota can throw a football in an NFL level.
0: Ooh, sick burn. Nice truthful burn uh so yeah um i really i really like marcus Mariota though uh yeah
1: there's a lot to he, like about him yeah if he
0: could
2: if he could stay healthy the titans would be in a
0: better shot of he, he just doesn't left. he doesn't over advertise his like religious beliefs and uh like his piety or whatever which i can totally appreciate it he had, sounds like it's literally the, the first time it's come up and we're like on what year three year?
1: it'll be year three this year <laughs> yeah
0: seriously all right um Steelers kicker chris boswell got kicked out of the game for banging the glass do you guys Sitting in the front row of a ge- hockey game, would you bang the glass?
1: No, that seems obnoxious.
2: Okay, Eric. I've sat at the uh, uh, on the glass at a Thunderbirds game, and everyone's banging the glass. You just start <laughs> banging the glass. So yeah, I've done it. Would I do it a lot? No. I it was one time experience. I think, like Kevin said, it would get annoying. But uh, well,
1: it's like if somebody like gets a hat trick or something. I mean, there was a there was like a, going nuts. That's there was normal. a
2: scrum right in front of oh, us. Oh, see,
1: that's different. Yes.
2: Is Boswell just doing it when the, when the puck I, I, is on the like, other side you, of the ice? That'd
1: be like, would you stand up for an entire football game jumping around? No, probably not. Uh, you're in the hawk's nest. Oh, Balls never st- mind. Yes, 100%.
2: Wait, was this in Pittsburgh or in Nashville? Because if it's in Nashville... No idea. He was probably just recording a country record.
1: Apparently they don't like it when you touch the glass.
0: <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um... The, uh, uh, the Jets have the worst roster that anyone an <laughs> NFL has seen in a decade. In a decade, Can,
1: we know this. Can I give you the Todd Bowles quote yeah, that we go talked ahead, about? Okay, uh, so I don't have this exactly right, but Todd Bowles basically said when asked about having a McCown on roster, um, even in kindergarten, you need someone to be a teacher. Which, first of all, Probably what a tough. dumb quote. <laughs> Bravo, Todd Bowles. But you're, second you're of all, up, like right away. <laughs> it's just I, I think uh, Eric laid out the correct scenario here of what's going to happen. Uh, it, I hate this scenario, by the way. Go ahead, and lay it out. It, it sucks
2: to be right, but I feel like you know the Jets are the Jets have a good coach in Todd Bowles, and the Jets are terrible, and Todd Bowles is going to get fired. At about this time, the Arizona Cardinals are going to realize that they have a dumbass as their head coach, Bruce Arians. I'm just defaming everyone on this podcast tonight, by the way. And the Cardinals are going to hire back their defensive coordinator as head coach, Todd Bowles, and the Cardinals will be good again, and I'm going to be depressed.
1: You know, I feel like uh, Todd Bowles, every time the GM does anything, has the exact same look and expression as the captain on the wire when McNulty comes in just drunk. Like it's just just that. Uh. You know, I'm like, the, I'm like <laughs> the guy driving the hype train for the uh you know
0: Bruce Arians is kinda overrated and he's the kind of coach that outstays his welcome. Like once he does it, so I agree. Todd Bowles should come back and coach the Cardinals. <laughs> he's like lower
1: upside harbaugh. He's
0: like no, he's like um Larry Brown needs to be in the NBA. You can make Larry Brown your best your coach and it will work out for the first couple seasons. But then everyone start, gets tired of getting yelled at for no reason. And they're like, hey, wait, this guy's kind of a jerk.
2: Yeah, hey man. Bruce Arians was floated around the league, not being a head coach for like 25, 30 years. And, uh, there's a reason why he was never head coach. And Ra- now we're seeing it.
0: The Ravens signed Jeremy Macklin, uh, two years, 11 million. It's, they, they really invested in him. Uh, do you think this investment is worth it or are the injury risks too great?
1: I think this is a smart play for them. They needed a, commodity at receiver and when you think about you know Flacco's a big arm guy and so now they have him and Wallace right so that's two guys who can really stretch the field and they've invested in picking up a couple of tight ends they have a couple of running backs that can work the short passing game you can kind of see remnants of that um kind of Uh, When they had Ray Rice and they had some guys who could kind of work the short with Torrey Smith stretching it long, I think that this makes sense for their team, what they're trying to do. When
0: Torrey Smith was like the pass interference world champion.
1: Yep. They got so much interference.
0: Ravens, it's a good signing. Uh, I wrapped the Eagles as a good fit.
1: It wasn't a ton of money for me. I think it's
0: good for the Ravens. I just, I don't know. It's still
2: Flacco as a quarterback, so it,
0: I don't know. I side with with what Kevin said. All right. So then um, the NFL... Other NFL news, uh, that's
1: basically it. Oh, I got one. I got one. Go ahead. I'm going to parlay it into a hypothetical. So uh, according to multiple reports, the Bears are using virtual reality to help train uh, their quarterbacks this year, including Mitch slash Mitchell Trubisky.
2: Kevin, what 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 does virtual reality mean for quarterback training?
1: So my Question somewhat along the lines of that, and that is, what professional sport do you feel like you could be most prepared to uh, play if being prepared solely in virtual reality?
0: Cricket. Does car racing count as a sport? Because I feel like that's, <laughs> it's on ESPN. I feel like that's the one. Like you, you, you train in the virtual car box thing, and then you, you have the now you can. Almost do it, basically. I,
1: Should we do it like our ridiculous old hypothetical? Okay. Which virtuality sport do you think you could train for best wearing sandals? <laughs> no. no. Uh, could LeBron
0: James win the MVP in sandals? Uh, <laughs> could, could Could Tom Brady win the Super Bowl in sandals?
1: Could Barry Bonds have had the greatest season of all time without the swinging bat. the bat? Oh, wait. No. That's somebody else's to Make my bad. Um, Eric Decker,
0: <laughs> by the way, um, also might sign with the Ravens. The, the, the same two teams that wanted, uh, wanted Macklin are now competing over Eric Decker.
1: I think it would be very funny if the Ravens got him, too. And honestly, I think it's better. The Ravens
0: were already my sleeper team again because last year, same thing happened as the year before that, which is like they were pretty good, but they got ravaged by injuries.
1: Only it was more defensive injuries last year.
0: Uh So I'm expecting them to have a bounce-back year from last year again. Um, Especially
1: if they can have any run game at all. All right. So that, as
0: they say, is that. Uh, Let's talk about uh, Plugs. Plugs uh, for us. This is going to be a really short podcast, um, unless we really stretch out the movie. So, <laughs> so, <laughs> so, um, plugs. Uh, you can follow us on it's that Twitter, time of the year, folks. Twitter slash Seahawks Nest. You can follow us on Facebook, uh, Facebook dot twi- slash uh, the Seahawks Nest. Uh, thank you for anyone who gave an iTunes review. We now have five iTunes reviews. Um, now I would encourage you to just five star review us on any. Any platform you listen to the podcast, if you find us interesting or think you find our dedication hilarious because we podcast even when there's no news, <laughs> if, that, <laughs> if that appeals to you, uh, please go to your uh, your favorite platform and give us the uh, the old five star rating or however many stars you want. Uh, anything else you want to say, Eric or Kevin? <laughs> oh, like oh patreoncom slash nest uh, Get those Patreon payouts. Uh, that it's nice getting twenty dollars a month. It helps us buy new equipment, uh, new stuff to send out to our fans. Uh, I'm gonna send out. I sent out another round. I'm going to send out another round of stickers this week, which is pretty exciting.
1: Yeah, if you gave us your address after the last secret secret password, then you will be seeing those stickers fairly soon. Uh, Also, to the individual or individuals in England, or the UK, I should say, who downloaded our podcast 103 times, Hmm. just our most recent episode... Please tell us the story of how and why that ended up happening. Did you because think it was that a? That is amazing.
2: Did you think it was Whoa. a snooker podcast?
1: Yeah, Willenhall United Kingdom, 123 downloads. So, uh, would the people or person of Willenhall who downloaded us 100 and what was 123 times? Yeah. Please uh, give us the story. Are you? Um, if we hear from you, a Seahawks fan group,
2: we will dedicate one. Five-minute bid to snooker.
0: What? <laughs> what? No. If we hear from you. Yes. Right. No, if we hear from you, we will send you a sticker. five minutes. Yeah, I'll just send you a sticker. Wait, I put one of those moon stamps on it. I'm going to try it. So I'm trying this again, by stamps. the way. Okay, <laughs> so one of the guys who responded to the contest was from Australia, and he's like, he's like, yeah, I'll send it down or whatever. So last time I sent an international sticker, I sent it to Argentina, and it worked but that is you can get to argentina from seattle all based on land this sticker is guaranteed to travel on some form other than land i have no idea how this is going to go to be I, delivered by dolphin i have no idea how how uh, how much it's going to cost i'm really excited to go to the post office and like be like hey i want to send this to australia what do i need to do and they're going to be like oh give us 45 dollars and i'm going to be like just kidding I'm gonna, send the, I'm gonna send this guy the template for the sticker
1: instead. He can print it <laughs> himself. <laughs> so we'll we're gonna what, we're we'll gonna see. PayPal this guy enough to print his own sticker. <laughs> exactly. I'll, I'll send you
0: five. I'll send you five dollars in the, the the template. All right. Okay. Uh, I just want to talk about more NFL thing because I, and so this is a secret bonus for everyone who already turned off the podcast when they because they know what's coming next. Kevin, the Jets tank job. Obviously, this is like the, the first, this is the most, uh, aggressive tank job in NFL history for a very questionable cause. There's not like a clear, like, oh, this is a number one amazing guy that we need that will change the course of our franchise in this draft. Um, why are the Jets doing this? What, what is the, what is the, the end game? Do they want to suck for like three years? Are they trying to do a 76ers or what, what's going on here? Anybody got any ideas?
1: So.
2: I asked Kevin this last week: Was there any like surefire, can't miss prospect? Nope. And the answer was the answer no, is no. There's not, not not even like a running back, not like Ricky, Ricky uh, Williams. Williams, thank you. Part two, not even Ricky Waters.
1: Part three. Yeah, it's like Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, uh, Saquon Barkley out of Penn State, who I don't think is going to be. That big uh, Arden Key, who's an a a edge feeling,
0: rusher? I feel by the end of the season, though, we're all gonna be talking about Lamar Jackson, like as the the quarterback guy, because he's gonna have the best season. Don't you think so?
1: It's likely, a, but he also doesn't project necessarily as a as a great NFL guy. He might need another kind of prove it season. The Louisville guy, that's the yes, Louisville guy, is
0: Louisville guy. Uh, all right, well,
2: the guy who doesn't watch college and knows about.
0: There you there you go, Jets. Uh, J E T S. Sucks, Jets. sucks, Jets. sucks. Maybe maybe they're maybe their plan is to draft uh uh the the guy who was supposed to go to UW, but then now he's going to Missouri because uh, because Romar left. The, uh, the basketball
2: the guy? Basketball player? Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> uh, plan, uh, Porter. Yeah, their plan is to get Michael Porter Jr.
1: Makes sense. You know, I think their plan is that they've run the franchise into a ground and they're trying to do a full reset. But in the NFL, you that don't do work. a full cool reset. The, the cap That's is not too low. how it's built.
0: The cap's too low. Like, you can succeed from out of nowhere in the NFL. Uh, you don't need, like, a cheap, uh, really good player under uh the rookie contract like in the nba that's one of the best ways to get better right not is to, to have...
1: mention at this point they should have gotten rid of their gm because most of his decisions are what are being undone do you think that the gm is
2: has watched like major league one too many times and he's like you know what the guys from major league can do this and they're a bunch of nobodies i'm gonna see if we can do it no i think yeah yeah that maybe
0: that's it's all right. that makes sense maybe uh
1: or maybe they watch little giants
0: I, know, maybe he's I call to this play <laughs> the Annexation <laughs> of Puerto Rico. Maybe he's trying to uh There's to a
1: movie get, review shout out.
0: Maybe he's trying to get the uh the like the I'm gonna get two more years of my job because we're sucking on purpose, right? You know that one? Maybe that's <laughs> Has it. that ever worked before? Yes. Yeah. Where? You build the you build uh, the narrative. The Panthers? You build the narrative. Alright, um yeah, so that's that. Alright, so time for it to talk Balky. Time to talk movies after we got the uh, the finish there. Uh, let's talk about uh, the finish,
1: the prestige.
0: You want to talk about the prestige? I can do that. <laughs> all right, let's talk about the prestige. Are we call going my, prestige? Really? It's, on, it's on my list. So, <laughs> all uh, right, fine, let's do it. It's on the master list. I really like the. Pre- okay, so first, let's start. I'm
1: glad, with this. I'm glad that smart-ass comment paid off. I feel uh, I feel better.
0: Let's start. Let me introduce it like I normally would. Let me pretend like I, I'd plan this. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> so. Coming like every up, week. there's a there is a uh, there is a trailer that really stresses me out. Okay, I watch the trailer and it really stresses me out. And there's a clock ticking in the background, and it's like, tick, 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 and then people just getting murdered the whole time. And that's the new Christopher Nolan movie, Dunkirk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes. Christopher Nolan directed Dunkirk. Christopher Nolan also directed a very good, somewhat underrated film uh, about magicians, and uh, it's called The Prestige, and it stars Christian Bale. And uh, it's got also got Michael Caine and Hugh Jackman, Scarlett Johansson. Um, so first, Kevin, you brought up the Prestige, so you get the honor of talking. <laughs> no, first.
1: I, I apparently did not. You have introduced it now, <laughs> uh,
0: Kevin. Uh, what do you what do you feel about how do you feel about the Prestige? Or do you want me to break down the plot a little more so to refresh? Uh, your why memory? don't you give the quick. Plot
1: okay. breakdown. I remember it, but okay. just for so the listener. Hugh Jackman,
0: uh, he plays like this, like rich magician who really wants to find out about like this really cool trick that um, Christian Bale does. Um,
1: that he learned for, uh, and somehow Nikolai Tesla ends up involved. It's the in this. it's the
0: Vanishing Man, I believe. Yes, it it's yes. called the Vanishing Man. Uh, David Bowie plays Nikolai Tesla is, in this, this movie. This is, by is by I way. love this movie, by the way, amazing. so I'm glad you brought this R. up. R.I.P. Okay. David Bowie.
2: I could talk about this movie all day. Uh,
0: Christian Bale is the like the working class magician who does the the like like it's like the most amazing trick it's the 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 vanishing man or whatever so they they they're like so excited about it because he like how does the trick actually work do you you guys so
1: the way that he does the trick on stage is that he has these two like basically like phone booths um wooden booths uh and you at first he does it with a bouncy ball so, like, he bounces the ball in there and closes the door and then opens the other door and the ball's bouncing in the other one. And they're, like, a good 15 feet apart on stage. And then he does the same thing. So, he, like, it's basically like a teleportation trick.
0: Right. And Hugh Jackman's, like, losing his mind, like, trying to figure out this trick.
1: Yeah, cannot figure it out. And uh, Michael Caine plays Hugh Jackman's, like, props guy.
0: Yeah, John. his name's in the movie. movies like, John. And, it's, uh, yeah,
1: like John Cutter.
0: It's, it's a real serious name. What a British name! Uh, By the like, way, Michael
1: Caine, fucking uh, national hero, world hero. Thing international too, hero. On the,
0: one thing I like about this movie is the way it portrays this like rivalry between these two magicians. How intense it is. How personal it gets. With like, doesn't one of, one of them ends up in jail? Right? Like,
2: in, oh, okay, in so jail, one of them no, loses no, no, no. a finger. It's just, it's, you're starting it off is uh, Hugh Jackman. You guys got to go back. Christian Bale and Hugh Jackman's characters. They used to work together. Yes. And are we going into spoiler mode here or not? It's a it's a
0: twenty year old movie, so sure. Is
2: it really twenty? It's not twenty years old. It came out in two thousand six.
0: It's an eleven year old. Eleven year old. That's not close. You can give away everything except
1: for. uh, We're going to set ground rules. You can give away everything except for how the actual trick works.
2: Okay. And the and the
1: the big reveal at the end. You can give away everything except for
2: so the the big reveal. The big so I (laughs) okay. Here's the thing. I can't I can't really give away the spoiler because there's. Basically, for, for reasons that you will understand at the end of the movie, Christian Bale, his character, he, he ties the wrong knot and uh, Hugh Jackman's girlfriend or wife at the time cannot get out of these knots and she drowns. Yeah. And because of this, Hugh Jackman uh, has this huge rivalry and hates his, his adversary, Christian Bale. Christian Bale's like, I'm sorry, I tied the wrong knot. And like,
1: Christian Bale went like off the grid for a little while. Yep. While yeah. uh, Hugh Jackman was recovering, and then all of a sudden, Hugh Jackman like gets the flyer that and Christian then, Bale is and performing, and Hugh Jackman and goes gets to see him. Uh,
2: Hugh Jackman gets like a limp somehow. He breaks his leg trying to do this uh, vanishing man trick. Uh so he develops this perpetual limp.
0: It's the tra- I think it's the transported man, right?
1: The transport yes. man. That's what it is. And Thank what you. it is is he tries to do it with a trapdoor, I think, yes. and snaps his uh snaps his leg. That's what he
2: does. And it's uh so basically, yeah. There's this rivalry going on. Uh, I, you said all the stars of the movie. I got to say, Scarlett Johansson. This is back when she was just hitting her stride in her prime. I feel like she is uh. Like an auxiliary character in this movie, she is she is used very sparingly and not. She's just kind of like a, a MacGuffin in the movie for a small bit, and after that, she's immediately forgettable. I think the other female lead is Piper uh, Perabo or yes, uh, Rebecca Hall. Uh, I don't know the blonde
1: or the not blonde. The not blonde, Rebecca Hall.
2: Rebecca Hall. She's in. Uh, she's in. She's in a lot of work now, and she's amazing in this movie. And. Uh, I will say this: the very first line in the movie. Do you guys remember the very first line in the movie? It's you see all these hats in the woods. Like, isn't that a Michael?
1: Like, isn't that Michael Caine doing the voiceover? No, or? it's
2: it's it's Christian Bale's voice yes. at the very beginning, and you just see all these top hats in, and you know, it's all explained. Uh, but he says, "Are you watching closely?" Which is a magician thing to say. Okay, are you watching closely? And when I saw this in the theater, I was like, "Okay." Not only is it Christopher Nolan, which being a, a Batman fan, I understand I need to pay attention to everything, but I cannot take my eyes off this movie. And if you cannot take your eyes off this movie and you're watching it, you will get it. If you're looking for the trick, you will you will understand the movie. You may not see everything coming, but you will understand the prestige. The the turn of the trick. You will understand as things go on. And it is a movie that you do have to pay close attention to.
0: Yeah, there's some there's yes. there ends up being some weirdly like uh like Supernatural, yeah. There is some occultish things happening in this movie that, like, you have to really like. You'll be into it by the time it happens because it happens so late in the movie.
1: And it, they don't, they don't. What the fuck you so hard on it that you can't believe it? Like, it's like it fits with what's going on.
2: It's cool, yeah. and yeah, like uh Nathan said, David Bowie plays uh Nikolai Tesla.
0: But the the main theme of the movie is like these guys are obsessed with just like they're obsessed with each other. Well, wait, wait,
2: wait, wait, Christian Bale is obsessed with magic. And Hugh Jackman is obsessed with Christian Bale. Kind of, yeah.
0: Yes. because Christian Bale to
2: put that. really does not pay attention to Hugh Jackman.
0: Yeah, in the same way, not in the same, yeah, not in the same manner. And it kind of represents the the rivalry between like Tesla and Edison, right? Isn't that kind of the? They put Tesla in the movie to make the allegory make make, yes. make yes. more sense, even uh, to try to like do it. Um, and it's like it's just really about like how far would you go to like to, to to do something, right? Like, and so the guy, the Hugh Jackman's character, is willing to do anything to like anything to to be able to do this trick and as you progress in the movie you see like the the depth of how far he was willing to go to not just do the trick but also yeah, we're ru- talking
1: some captain ahab stuff. also
0: ruin ruin christian bale along the way and like that obsession, and ruin himself yeah he and he like what what kind of person are you like at the end of this right like there's, yeah. there's a legitimate question to be asked at the end like what is he yeah, what is he even doing? Um, so
1: we've talked about kind of the highbrow stuff going on here. and We've talked about... I want to kind of dive into a little bit of the movie nerd stuff that we, we do from time to time. Okay. This movie is scored very oh, well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. This movie has... Hans Zimmer? Excellent lighting. No, David Julian. Okay. The lighting in this movie, which is a weird thing to talk about. No, that's good, the, Kevin. And the way the sets are done and everything. Like... And the camera work. There's a lot of scenes where it's like... Um, like, the opening scene is shot as if you are... It's shot as if the camera is the face of a person entering a small theater where a stage performance is happening. There are so many things that are shot in these ways that make you really feel the ambiance of the scene. And then you have, like, you know... There's back alley dealings and it feels dingy. And there's, uh, this turn of the century England, by the way. Yeah.
2: We, we alluded to that, but yeah, just to clarify.
1: And there's, uh, like there's this time where, uh, when Hugh Jackman has to reset and he's playing just these crap parlors and they look like just crap Barnum and Bailey wannabe junk shows. And then as he builds up to these grander cathedral, Type and
0: one thing that's weird about it too is that you say like he's got these grand cathedrals he's playing these areas and it it feels period like it feels like it's from the period and it's oh, yeah. good. They film this all in Los Angeles. Like it's pretty impressive though the work that, you know, the set designers and stuff did on this movie because they did not film in England at all. They filmed everything on location in Los Angeles and they filmed it really fast too because they filmed it between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. So they didn't have a lot of time to like mess around and like do stuff. They had to keep a pretty a lot of retakes production schedule. And so they decided, you know what, let's just dress up locations in Los Angeles. And they did a really good job of that. Like yeah. It looks the stuff.
2: Well, and uh, Christopher Nolan, his, uh, his director of photography, I believe, is the position, is uh, Wally Pfister. Usually on a lot of his films and Kevin, he, he sets the mood for any movie you want. It can be the Batman movies. It can be the Prestige. It can be Interstellar. Um it's, it's really, like you said, it's fantastic to watch and it, it sets the scene. Inception is another great example. Interstellar is not
0: my favorite in that series though. You know, like, it's, it, I like the Martian better for movies where Matt Damon gets lost in space and we have to save him. That series. You know what I mean? All right, I just wanted to make that joke. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Molly Fister did a great job in this movie. I agree. Um, uh, I, th- I feel like it, there's like a weird, like, thing going on here where, um, the world feels like, it just feels old and kind of dirty, you know, like the, like the, like it, yeah, it's back got in that early industrial, like, like earth- everything
1: seems like it has a fine sooty layer.
0: Earthier, yeah, sooty. Like, yeah, there's like a, there's like a nice layer to that, Eric, which really sets the, it sets the period up. I think you're right. Like, it, he really brings you to that period with that. With the tones.
2: They don't yeah. exactly say the year, I don't think, but you don't care because you know where you are. He yeah. does a great job of ex- establishing yeah. that. They don't
0: say, like, hey, we're in 1774 England. It's yeah. just like, we are in England back in the day, sort of.
2: Oh, a film buff friend of mine that I used to know ye- years and years ago, he said something uh, that I, I didn't agree with at the time, but the more film I watch, not just movies, but film, I, I feel he's right. And that's if you have to say something at the beginning or like you, you, you and have if a paragraph. Yeah, if there's a scroll, even if it's just like a place, you, you probably aren't that great of a writer. And I don't know exactly if that's true, but I think- Or your focus is elsewhere. Yeah, and I think of like, you know, the movies that I really, really love, uh, outside of maybe Dread, they don't, they don't,
0: they don't have any of that. The scroll at the beginning of Star Wars 2 is really nondescript. Like the original Star Wars, Episode 4, New Hope. It's really a nondescript scroll. Whereas like the scroll for the Star Wars episode one is like, there's oh my so God. much dense information there. It's like, there are trade, there are trade. There's more going plot there.
1: in that than there is in the movie. Exactly. And it's, and
0: it's still terrible. That's, so I think like, you're right. The more information you have to just give away right there, the worse the movie is.
2: Yeah. Uh, there's, there's a cool, a couple cool scenes. I don't know if you guys want to hit scenes that you love, but uh, there's, there's one scene I, I love in particular, and I bring this out. Uh, A lot to uh, a couple friends and my wife. Um, There's a scene where they're trying to figure out how the old Asian man makes the giant goldfish bowl disappear. (laughs) You guys remember this scene? Yes. And they they establish that he's not this feeble old man. He's he's an old man who who just is always carrying this giant bowl between his legs because he wants to have the illusion. He wants to show you the trick in his life that he is a feeble old man, but really he's fine. He's just constantly pulling off this trick. And that sounds so weird, but uh, I have some friends, like one of my friends works with somebody and they're always crying and kind of looking for attention. And they're kind of looked at as like, they're not disabled, but, you know, people always feel sorry for this person. And I met this person, and I'm like, that's an act. That's an act. And I always bring up this scene, like, this is the person who is who is conning everyone. It's like Andy Kaufman. Like, they're just, and and, like, my friend will say, no, 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 it's not like that. And I don't know if I intentionally, like, if I agree with that fully, but I do believe that there are, you know, facades that people put on all the time in order to con other people i just love that scene
1: and if you think about what you just said think about how that applies to the rest of the movie yeah that very subtly gives oh, away the movie which is yes, beautiful yes because you don't realize it until this movie i feel uh very similar to another movie like which is the usual suspects yeah okay, yeah where it, when you rewatch it the second time you watch it it's you appreciate it directly experience. as much in a completely different way because as you're going to say it's a different movie yeah. because you're sitting there going oh yeah that totally there's makes all these, sense there's all oh these breadcrumbs. yeah that's right
0: the director and the writer have left you breadcrumbs to figure it out but like it's it, so carefully done it's like very he does it in such a way that like about the end you're like oh that makes sense like when you watch the movie you're like oh that makes sense that this all happened and then when you watch it again, you're like, oh, those! this is how it all kind of connected back together. And I, I noticed it while I was watching, but it was like intuitive. It wasn't like he hit you in the head with a friggin' hammer.
1: You know what yeah. I mean? And it wasn't like the plot, qu- the plot twist came out of nowhere either. Because that can be frustrating when you go back and watch a movie and you're like, they literally just slapped this on in the last 10 minutes. The That's vi- not the, the feeling you get at all. Which the village Thank I you. think the village
0: has the potential to be a really good movie and I like really I kind of still sort of enjoy it but man they really just felt like they kind of slapped that in there. Uh okay this is my um so the Village what's your feels favorite like scene?
1: a your favorite scene
2: middle finger at the it's, end.
0: It's it's not really my favorite scene but I just think like okay let me let me uh level with you. I so I do like card magic and I do it quite a bit and I I feel like I'm okay at it you know I'm a, I'm I'm a, like a 6 out of 10. Uh, card. Nathan magician. is uh, entertaining uh, yet not annoying. Sure. Well, that's fine. That's you my can... review of your <laughs> right, card th- magic. Thanks. So like, I like card magic quite a bit though. And I know the feeling that Hugh Jackman has when he sees something and he can't figure it out right away. Cause most of the time when I watch magic, I can pretty much figure out exactly how it happened or very close to exactly how it happened. Like right from the start. Okay. I'm like, Oh yeah. Like he did this and he did this and he did this and that's how he did the trick. Okay. And it, it, at some of it takes the fun out of it, but when a, when a good trick is performed really well, even if you know how to do it, you respect it. Like, you're like, oh man, respect the craft. Like, that is awesome. You did it. You killed that trick and you just enjoy it. Like, you don't, you just sit back and enjoy it. You don't, like, want to ruin the trick, you know, for everyone else. If you're not a jerk, which that's another story for another time. People who are just, <laughs> who only want to fool the magician, like, dude, it's a trick. Obviously, you're going to get fooled. Uh, anyway, the, <laughs> the, the, the thing about this is, um, in he in this movie, Hugh Jackman cannot figure it out. And I've had times like that where I watch a trick and I was like, I don't know how that happened. And I try to figure it out, and I get kind of obsessed. I try to do a deep dive. How did they do that? What do you think they did? And I, sometimes I just like I just have to give up. I'm just like, you know what? That one is beyond my current level. <laughs> that,
1: did you just that, hide a bunch of cards and a bunch of oranges did, and knew which no,
0: orange it was? That, that is true. <laughs> he had it he had a card in an orange and forced a card. That, that, come on. <laughs> but, but the, 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 uh, and if you know what I'm talking about, what I'm referencing, uh, send me a message on Facebook telling me about what I'm referencing. <laughs> uh, cause, cause I want to talk to you about card magic. Uh, so, so the, the thing is though, is Hashtag that.
1: Hashtag tell me about your card magic. <laughs>
0: the thing though is, is like, it, I just give up. Hugh Jackman never gives up, man. He is going to figure out this trick. If it literally kills him, he will figure out how he does the tele- the transported man. Like, he needs to know. And so that, I kind of think, is like, um I, I don't know. That's kind of like what I think. He will about travel it. to
2: rural Colorado <laughs> to figure
0: it out. <laughs> Go up into the electrified fence area yep. of rural Colorado. That scene is cool, too. Where so- he goes up
2: there and eat. He- yeah, there's the light bulb in the ground. Yes. Yeah. And he's, he's you just his brain is melting immediately. I love it.
1: So the reveal is very well done. Yep. Um. Yeah. That that's in the running for my favorite scene.
0: The, my favorite scene is the the ending of the, the end, ending. The last like the last like twenty minutes of the movie. Yes, is, is is all, so it's so well good. done. It's all and really cool.
1: The emotional realization of the characters was so well shot because it was a lot of raw emotion on that. Mm-hmm. But um. And the other one that was in is in the running for me is the scene where uh Michael Kane quits when Hugh Jackman yep. goes too far. Too far, yeah. And Michael quit Michael Kane who's been like his cornerman his everything it's, it's, for his whole career. It's the guy who helps him done. make
0: all his tricks. Like yep. he, he is his he is his set producer. He has like worked with him for years on these tricks.
1: And he just Alfred's the shit out of him and quits. <laughs> Yeah, the original Alfred quitting.
2: Uh, there's, there's one where, uh, early in Christian Bale's career, uh, in in his character's career in the movie, he's doing a trick where he makes a bird disappear. Yes. And it's, the trick is, is he has a hunt, a ton of, like, little finches, little birds, and it's collapsing cage that immediately kills the bird, and he pulls out, you know this empty cage. He he has a new bird in this cage, but they look the same. So it tricks people that he's actually you know teleported or transported. But he's this murdering bird. birds every night, yeah. and so he he does it for a little girl. And uh, he's like, "Here you go, sweetie. Here's the bird." And she looks at him and she said, "But what happened to the other bird?" And he looks at. Uh, the little girl's mom and he says she's a very smart little girl and i love that because it's that's immediately someone who sees this who 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 notices the prestige just sees right through it and he's like you know what i fool idiots on the street i fool i fool everyone with this trick and your little five-year-old girl saw right through it and i love that
1: so for me my favorite scene is the opening that pan shot, it's almost like a chase camera. I, honestly, the I love this movie. I don't remember
2: that. I gotta the watch The way it. the
1: whole thing is set up. Um, the way uh, he walks you through the steps of a trick and like the oh, terminology right. and everything. It's just beautifully shot. Every moment of narration in this movie is completely unwasted. And I greatly appreciate that. I love a good narrator, and this has a good narrator.
2: Yeah, if uh, I can sound pretentious for a little bit, there's a lot of movies out there, but not a lot of people are making good films in America. And Christopher Nolan is making
0: good films. Yeah. I mean, even his misses are still, like, pretty, pretty dang good. Like, or at least
1: hes you can see what he's trying right. and appreciate what it should I, be.
0: I personally am not a huge Interstellar fan. I think the movie's way too long. Like, and I, I think there's problems with the movie, but I respect what he tried to do there. Like I thought, I'm like this movie is doing a thing, and it's really cool. And it also, it looks great on the big screen. And if you have a chance to see it at the seventy mil- in seventy millimeter, I highly recommend it just for the viewing experience. Uh, Seattle Seattle has the seventy millimeter film festival every year, and uh, I think that that and Alien are the two movies, you, or is it Aliens that they always show? They show an Alien movie. I can't remember which one, but okay. those are they're both good, but, just
1: different reasons. Yeah,
0: but but uh, see see that. Um, all right, see, for
1: me, that's a Memento. Memento doesn't do it for me the way it does for other people.
0: Um, that, I
1: respect what people think of that movie, but yeah, Memento, eh.
0: Memento is, is just okay to me. But it's also like Nolan's first, yes, exactly, first Two thousand. It's that or The Machinist. I don't know which one is the older. Machinist the Machinist. Two thousand four. Machinist is not Christopher Nolan. It's not.
2: Nope. You're. T- you're I think you're thinking of. Uh,
0: That's Christian Bale, but I, I mean, The Machinist. It's is not, not a-
2: Pie. Darren did Pie. It's uh, something like The Ninth that. Gate. No, it's
0: the it's. <laughs> oh yeah, Machinist is Brad Anderson. Machinist is so intense. It's, it's Christian, Christian Bale's in the movie. That's why I got This confused. is killing
2: me though. I got to know Christopher Nolan's first movie. It's not it's not Memento. It's a black and white movie. It is not Pi. This is killing me. It's Henry and June?
0: Yeah. All right, so you want me to tell you? Man? Yeah. Uh how about Doodlebug? No. Uh, Brett, following.
2: The f- Following, that's it. Following. Uh, I just oh, I just okay. went to his IMDb page. It's
0: Following. Uh so yeah, the Memento is just like First, like pretty wide. It release was the thing. film right before Memento. And then, then he got Batman Begins, and then he made The Prestige, Dark Knight, Inception. Uh, which Inception is like one of my all-time faves. You could tell Harrison. Here's one thing you could do if you like telling me off. People love telling me off about our superhero opinions. Tell me off about this. I like Inception a lot more than Interstellar. In tell me why I'm wrong. I don't actually want to hear your opinion. Matthew okay. McConaughey, come at me. All right, all right, all right. In the Land of Lean Beast, <laughs> grilling season. All right. Um, also. <laughs> Also, um yeah, they, right they, his Buick they gave they gave Christopher Nolan infinite money and told him he could make whatever he wants and I I'm kind of disappointed that he decided to make Dunkirk. I'm not going to if I'm if I'm being completely honest, it is not a topic that interests me at it was all. World War 1? It so Dunkirk, World War 2. Dunkirk, Dunkirk is a, Allied
1: soldiers from Belgium, the British Empire, Canada and France are surrounded by the German army and evacuating during a fierce battle in World War 2. It's a... starring Tom Hardy, Kenneth Branagh and Gillian and Gillian Murphy.
0: I don't I will watch it but man. I I don't think it looks bad but like uh I don't it's just like I just don't World War you? You've seen it, right? The world is t- the world is terrible. I want to use cinema to escape a little bit <laughs> yeah. from from our terrible world. Uh this movie is not escapist at all. Is there any sci-fi element clock, to this? The clock ticking in the trailer stresses me out (laughs) i'm serious dude it's like it's like
1: and i'm like oh my god it's ah why is this ah
0: it's in the middle of the summer though so at least it's
1: not in the middle of like the stressful time of your life it's a it's a a late july release
0: Um, they're making it in 70 millimeter so i'm gonna want to see it because every time they make a movie in 70 millimeter now i'm like dying to see it they made wonder woman in 70 millimeter and it's like impossible to see i'm so frustrated uh, like I, I feel like I need to see that. I
1: would like to see Dunkirk just because I think Christopher Nolan does a good job of I, uh, of helping direct emotion, and he he's a director and writer on here. He does big feelings well. Oh yeah,
0: this this movie is going to be good. It's just probably not going to be. It's gonna be me. intense
1: though. Yeah, <laughs> does that make sense? It's, it's the
2: intense movie you don't want to see. It's like right. it's just like too much. Yeah. Like I just like...
1: this could be like, uh, um, the Saving Private Ryan of this era.
0: Sure. and I mean for me, it's like maybe, maybe we needed this, but then I really need it right now. <laughs> like,
1: yeah, but- it might not be the movie that you wanted, Nathan, but it may be the movie you deserved.
0: It. All right, yes. um, all right. So that's with with that uh, note. Uh, Fingerprints. Let us. This <laughs>
1: is psychotropic hallucinogen.
0: A panic some, inducing some, toxin. Some of the drugs they they go, they go to the, they go to the dealers, but the other ones they go to the narrows. Why? Why? <laughs> Swear to me. All right. Anyway, uh, so. <laughs> Uh, for Kevin Garber, for Eric Ronevac, uh, I'm Nathan Santo. Uh, we'll see you next week, and go hot. Why? 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 why, they, why, they, why, they, why Rachel! Why <whistles> <laughs>
1: The good time.